This is a segment from an Instagram live where Mercedes and I talk about the concepts of big T and little t traumas. Welcome to this episode of the Polyvagal Podcast. So we tried to talk about this last week and even though, like I know I've used little t trauma, I've used that phrase, right? Mostly in clinical supervision talking amongst our peers, right? Okay. Um, not very often, but I know I've used that before. But then when, you, when you're forced to define it, I don't know about right. you, but... It was a stumbling block. I'm like, uh, oh, yeah. hold on, hold up a second. Same thing. Um, yeah. So there's things that we just sort of say, but can we define it further? So I agree. I don't know how clear we're going to get, but a little T trauma, from what I understand, is this is according to psychology today. It's uh, something that exceeds our capacity to cope, which to me sounds like what people describe trauma as, anyways, but exceeds our capacity to cope and causes a disruption in emotional functioning. Right. So I guess it, 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 identify, it specifically says emotional function, functioning, which is interesting. So there's a bunch, a whole bunch of examples that I came across from different websites. And there's a wide variety of incidents or events that they, they would qualify as a little T trauma. And some of these I'm on board with, some of them um, doesn't quite make sense to me. So let's go through just here's a handful. Um, interpersonal conflict, which is mm-hmm. a huge array of what that could sound like. It'll be. Um, and somewhat, we had done uh, an episode a while ago about stress versus trauma, I think. And I I said having a bad job is not a trauma. Yeah. But someone was like, well, what if it's a horrible boss that you have to deal with day in, day out? Right. And I could see you making that, that case. But interpersonal conflict, non-life-threatening injuries, still, it's a huge, like with my kid, falls and scrapes their knees at a little t trauma. I can't get on board with that. But it's a huge range, right? <laughs> emotional abuse. Okay. <laughs> emotional abuse. Uh-huh. Death of a loved one or a pet. Bullying or harassment. Infidelity, so being cheated on. Divorce. An abrupt or extended relocation. Legal trouble. And then financial worries or difficulties. So a wide range of things that could be considered, I guess, a little T trauma. Some of these I'm like, nah, I just don't see it. But it's a very, very subjective thing, you know? It is. And as I was doing my own research at your light encouragement, because <laughs> um, <laughs> it hadn't dawned on me to like Google it. Anyway, um, <laughs> as I was looking into it too, and I was reading through the same Psychology Today article, I assume. <laughs> Among other, <laughs> well, among other sources, peer-reviewed scholarly sources, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Not the ones that popped up at the top of the Google searches, no. <laughs> right, no, no, no. These are well thought out, specifically Absolutely. chosen articles. Totes. Um. So, with that, amongst other resources, what I was noticing is that little t traumas. Um, oh, so little t traumas, the way that, that like the examples that they're giving and just the stuff that I was reading about it, the way I would define that in my life or, you know, in the work that I do is, you know, life stressors, like, I don't know that I'd call them trauma. And I don't want to, I don't want to invalidate anyone who's feeling, who feels that it's trauma for me to say it's just life stressors. But I think trauma is a very specific you know, it's a very specific event. Not, that's not a good right. word. 
But it, it's no, an incident or, yeah, or set of incidents that happen to a person that isn't, I don't know. Everybody goes through life stressors, I guess, is right. what I'm saying. But again, I don't want to invalidate the difficulty of that sometimes. And I see, I don't want to jump ahead, but I see that you're, you have a note here that is one thing that I wanted to bring up too hmm. about the cumulative effect Go of ahead. little t, of little, little t trauma stuff. Yeah. I think that's a big thing is when the stuff that is little t trauma is it builds up over time or or even in a short period of time is another thing I was reading about. But the buildup of it, I could see that feeling traumatizing. And I was I, I try and apply things to my life, right? And I was thinking, you know, many years ago when my husband and I first got married, we, we had gotten married, we bought a house, you know, it was all this stuff. We had just finished school. And so mm-hmm. there was lots of financial stress, but also interpersonal stress or conflict mm-hmm. or, you know, just lots of things built up. And over time, it felt really, again, I don't want to use the word traumatizing, though. It felt super stressful. It's, it felt really difficult. I think it did leave a lasting effect on me for a period of time. Mm-hmm. But I really, ha- I really struggle with identifying it as trauma, even a little t trauma. Well, so a lot of these, I'm kind of with you, but emotional abuse, that seems pretty darn traumatic. You know, it, I, it's, I I would categorize that as a big T. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah, and some of these websites had to me pretty severe things like uh, neglect. Like that's a pretty big deal. That's a that's a big thing. So huge huge gray area, but I can see the cumulative effect where if you're going through a divorce and you have to deal with selling a house and you have to deal mm-hmm. with like finding finding new um, arrangements for your children, uh, mm-hmm. and changing schools. I mean, or job stuff, like, of course, these things are going to build up and build up and build up and have an absolute like, impact on you. Yeah. Um, so I could see the cumulative effect of these, and which would definitely send you down the ladder and probably keep you there for quite a while. I could see that. So the, it's little T trauma, it seems like to me, I, I have a hard time when you look at each of these individually. I had to ask myself, like, how is this different than stress? And you've used that word already, stress. Right. These are all extremely stressful they send me down the ladder, but except for like emotional abuse, interpersonal conflict stuff, that's probably not going to keep me down the ladder unless I get therapy or unless I get some sort of treatment. That's something I deal with in the moment. Or if I don't deal with it, I leave it and I'm no longer stuck in that state. I'm no longer down the ladder. If I go home and talk to my wife about it and get support, that's not a, if I'm no longer down the ladder, like it's just not a trauma. It's stressful. But I go find emotional support, mm-hmm. right? So I guess that what maybe that brings us back to the definition, which was a disruption in emotional functioning, and not just for that moment, but like for a longer period of time, whatever that means. Um, so I think again, huge gray area, and some of these just seem like stress, like these are just normal life stress kind of things. But again, very subjective, person to person. Someone asked me uh, earlier if you've survived a trauma. Do the little t do the little t's become more challenging? I would say that if you're already in a stuck defensive state, which is how we kind of define trauma in general, in a stuck defensive state, that yeah, probably all these little t things, or even the yeah, all, all the little t things become, I would think, a lot more challenging. So if you've had some sort of trauma and you're down the ladder more, then dealing with that interpersonal relationship thing, or dealing with that boss or that coworker that you just can't stand for whatever reason. That probably becomes a lot more challenging, yeah. 
I think that on the flip side of that, sorry, go ahead. Well, you just don't have access to your safe and social state to be able to use your higher functioning, like your higher cognitive skills, problem solving, uh, being safe to be able to like connect with other people or to deal with their own being down the ladder. So if you're Mm -hmm. already in a traumatic state, then these little things, I think, become a lot more challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I think on the other hand, and I might be getting stuck on the word survived here, but if you've sur- no see I just answered it for myself in my head. But the the question was <laughs> you've survived a trauma. I'm kind of like interpreting that in my head as not just survived but like overcame in a very positive way. And so what I was going to say is a person who's survived a trauma if they're still down the ladder, they I, I agree they will definitely find little t traumas more challenging, but on the other hand, if they've survived and thrived past a trauma, like moved through and past it, then maybe those little T's are actually less challenging in the future. But I guess that's really a whole different point. I could see that. No, I, I could totally see that if you've been through the worst of your life, we're stuck in a defensive state, and then you come up out of it and you're into your mm-hmm. safe and social state, that the perspective that brings you or the amount of resiliency that brings you, I, I could see that when these things pop up, that it's just like, I've been through worse, I can handle this mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know? So that's what... Little t trauma is generally identified as in some some examples. And to me, it sounds like a lot of stress. Uh, and, a lot, and some of the little t stuff I was reading about, I'm like, that's big t. That's that's trauma. That's uh, yeah. huge issues. Some of so it seems t, miscategorized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So big t, I think, is generally, from what I was reading, uh, natural disasters, terrorist attacks, sexual assault, combat, car, plane accident, like big one-time events that leave you stuck in a defensive state. Although it's not defined that way. It's more defined as like it surpasses your ability to cope. I don't, I don't like that definition, but, but it has more than just an emotional impact on you that there's actually like flashbacks and nightmares and it's an anxiety disorder. The, the physical, what is it? I'm thinking of PTSD in the DSM, the, um, the possibility of actual physical threat or danger to your person, oh, yeah. not just someone else. Right. I yeah. think, I think it more, a big T more closely resembles that definition. Yeah, and I think that the, when we think of PTSD, usually we're thinking of big T trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you think about these big T trauma, if, if it's like a one-time thing, that these are, to me, these are like freeze type where you're sympathetically charged, but your body also wants to shut down or you're forced into immobilization. So that would be like the freeze mixed state. Yeah, so freeze we is different than shutdown. Shutdown is where your body collapses, dissociates, shuts down, slows down. And mm-hmm. freeze is where your engine's revved, but you're also wanting to shut down at the same time. Not wanting to, but your body does. So it's this mixed state. Um, think about like a panic attack. That's like freeze. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, your body's like stopping, but your heartbeat and your breathing are like... I don't want to do it to, you know, trigger people, but, but like your breathing gets really shallow and fast and your muscles tense, but you're also stuck. So that's like, um, like physically stuck. So that's freeze versus shutdown. It's different. So with PTSD and big T trauma, to me, that is freeze. It's like a one-time event that, um, causes this huge sympathetic charge of like wanting to run away or fight, but you can't for whatever reason you can't. And that would be true for a sexual assault. Um, that would be true for 
uh, terrorist attack can't escape it exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, natural disasters can't really escape that exactly. Car, plane accident, these are things where you're hugely charged, but you can't escape it. So to yeah. me, that's freeze. And the PTSD diagnosis, I think, has a lot to do with the freeze stuck state, defensive state. Um, and if you think about the anxiety that goes, like, I think PTSD is still an anxiety disorder, right? It's still kind of known as that. Right. Yeah. Um, but part of PTSD is anxiety and panic, uh, flashbacks, nightmares, like you're still stuck in that that moment in a lot of ways, that one specific moment. So that's big T trauma, which makes sense. And that's what we typically identify as PTSD, but that ignores a whole bunch of other stuff, like the mm-hmm. which is the whole CPTSD diagnosis. Or it's actually I don't think it's not actually an official diagnosis yet, but that's I think it's gaining steam, but it's not in the DSM yet. Right. So any thoughts on that? Or do we, I can keep going and talk about CPTSD? No, I, CPTSD. I agree with I agree with everything you're saying. Yeah, so, so. I and I wanted I wanted to bring CPTSD in here because PTSD does not it just does not cover all of the things that someone could be traumatized from. Mm-hmm. So CPTSD does that, which is CPTSD, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, is from ongoing relentless trauma, or, or I'm adding, or a chronic disruption of connect, connectedness, which is uh, Dr. Porges. I think I got that from him. Um, it's an avenue for trauma, which is one. The first one is an acute uh, life survival thing, like you survived a thing, and that's PTSD. Mm-hmm. But a chronic disruption of connectedness, that is more complex PTSD. It's not a one-time thing, it's ongoing. So that would be that right. would lead to like attachment issues and self-regulation issues. Um, and sort of uh, potential incidents leading to this would be ongoing physical, emotional, or sexual abuse, being a prisoner of war, living in an area of war or long, I'm sorry, for long periods of time. Um, I wonder if that would cover like inner city kind of stuff too, like gang violence and whatnot, probably. And then ongoing childhood yeah. neglect. So I think all these could be components of CPTSD. Mm-hmm. So I just want to throw that in there because that really, that's a lot of the kids that we work with, that's, this is who we work with. Yeah. They wouldn't, they wouldn't fit the PTSD diagnosis and they would fit this one, but this one doesn't exist in the DSM. Not but officially. this is really the, not officially right. Well, it doesn't. Yeah. It, it's. Should well, yeah. I what I guess what I mean is that I I've been hearing so much more about this in the last few years about CPTSD, but it isn't an official thing yet. And you know, sometimes the DSM mm-hmm. takes some takes a minute to catch up to real world. I know. I'm sorry to bring up the DSM. Well, it's, <laughs> you can't you, you can't avoid it roll. with this. Yeah. <laughs> Must not be a real thing if it's not in the DSM, right? I know. <laughs> and everything in the DSM is a real thing. Right. You're reading my mind. So I wanted to introduce that, but then I, I think the question that we have to ask ourselves is like, what's the point of all this? Like, what mm-hmm. what does it matter? What does it matter if we talk about little t versus big t trauma, right? Right. Um, I think either way, you're down the political ladder. So no matter what route or what thing or event or series of events that that took you to get down the ladder, like you're existing down the ladder. And I think what's important here is if it becomes temporary or is it all the time i think that's very very important and i think that the 
little t, if you want to call them little t traumas, or just significant life stressors, that those are probably temporary things. And if you have the right emotional support or enough emotional support or professional support, that you can work your way back up the ladder and move on with life, right? So I think that it becomes significant if it's all the time or if it's temporary. And with little t, I'm sorry, with PTSD and CPTSD, this is probably all the time kind of stuff, not just a temporary problem. Um, it could be temporary, but I think day-to-day people are living with this like day-to-day. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think that brings up a question though, as far as, because you said, you know, if it's temporary and you have the resources and the support to be able to move through it, whether that's accessing therapy or, you know, a social network, whatever, what if you don't? Is that a situation where a temporary stressor can become more chronic? I think that's I one guess question. So. I guess so. I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think we talked about it a minute ago, but but yeah, I think if it's kind of happening all the time and it kind of becomes your your default yeah. state of living, then that can you know that'll keep you down the ladder much more yeah. of the time. Yeah. And then I think another a different a separate issue that I have with this is I I feel like there's some judgment in the little T big T stuff. And what there I mean is. is like yeah, like to to say that someone's trauma is categorized as a little trauma, a little T, that feels invalidating and belittling. And one one thing that I kept coming across on when I was doing the research and also just in my own, in my own brain, um, everybody's experience is different. And so mm-hmm. we, we've, you and I have talked about this so many different times, but if you and I go through the exact same situation, say a car accident, we're both in the car at the same time, we're both passengers, whatever, you might have a different reaction than I will. And who's to say that you're right or I'm right, or that either one of us is wrong and that our experiences are invalid or dramatic or whatever the thing you know and so to call one or the other little t or big t it feels exclusionary and so i really have a hard time with that because and i think that's one thing that i was struggling with last week when we kind of brought it up the first time without um, proper research but um i think if a person feels trauma if they feel traumatized by something even if you know some other person says, no, you're just being dumb or you should just get over it or whatever. That doesn't mean, yeah, it doesn't mean that the other person is right. It still means that the person who is experiencing the trauma is experiencing the trauma. It doesn't matter what another person thinks should be happening or how another person defines trauma. What matters is that that person is experiencing impairment in their lives and they are down the ladder. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. So I have a real issue with with categorizing little T or big T. I think it's T, and I don't care the size. It, you're going through something, and T period. But like, I think that I create a new category T period. <laughs> <laughs> I think that for the most part I'm with you. But when it comes to therapy, it it, it does matter. It it does matter because if someone comes in saying, hey, I just went through this thing and I'm really stressed out or I feel like I've been traumatized, you know, whatever it is, but it's more the little T kind of stuff. Like if you've been through divorce, the way I'm going to handle it as a therapist is probably different than someone who has survived years of sexual abuse as a child. 
don't you think? Like for someone who's been through divorce. Absolutely. Or but I don't know that that's like, I don't know that that's a difference in, I don't know that that justifies the difference between identifying a big T or a little T only because oh, no. that's true for no matter what, you know, like if right. a person comes in and says, I just went through a divorce, but it's really not a big deal. I'm truly okay. Then the therapist is going to be like, okay. I mean, you know, I assume well, there's going to be some digging around. Even but if, if it a is a big deal. In, but like, look, well, if, if it's, yeah. Let's say the person had healthy attachments growing up and for the most part are able to self-regulate, but they hit this one major life obstacle and they're coming in for help and saying, I'm really having a hard time with this. But we have all these resources we can pull from. They have an experience of being self-regulated. They have experience of healthy attachments and being in their safe and social state versus someone who is who has never had those things. It's a much different experience in therapy. So I think... It's important to know for that reason, but the the like the categorizing it, I see what you're saying. Like I'm on board with mm-hmm. you there, but I think when it comes to treatment, it, it is important to know. Um, I know Peter Levine would would say it doesn't matter the why of it, <laughs> and I, it's like okay, I agree. But ultimately, even if we don't know why, I, I guess the way that I treat that is going to look different. Even if they don't tell me, I'm not going to tell you. Like they say, I'm not going to tell you why I feel the way I feel. <laughs> I think I'd still be able to, to work with it, but um, I think knowing the why of it in, in the, or at least knowing the history of the person would be really helpful when it comes to treatment. I, I agree with that. But again, I, I don't think that, I don't think the categorization of big T, little t is necessary regardless. I got, I got you. Because I think a good therapist will address a client's issues, whatever they bring, you know, into the office, whatever it is. And, you know, and, and we're trained yeah. in ways of being able to read a person and like, well, you've mentioned this six times, but you say it's not a big deal. But let's, I mean, let's yeah. explore a little bit because if you say I'm divorced 600, you know, well, I just said six and now it's 600 somewhere in their times. It's, it's, it's a thing, you know, but like it's I'm obviously saying like, affecting you. like we're trained in, you know, identifying that stuff. So there's, there's a comment here, which sums it up nicely for the therapist. It is important, but for the client, it's not. Client can perceive a little T situation and big trauma. Absolutely. I see what you're saying, but I I disagree. I agree with what they're saying, but not with, it says for the therapist, it's important, but for the client, it's not. I think, I think vice versa. I think for the mm. therapist, it's not important. And for the client, it might be. But the therapist should address the trauma, no matter what it is, little T or big T. It should be addressed well, they should the same way, address no the matter presenting what. problem. Whether we right. call it or whatever, like trauma or not, we should address the presenting problem. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah. I'm, I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Question, comment. It says, "Isn't choice choosing? Isn't choice slash choosing part of what makes something classified as trauma?" I don't think so. Maybe the lack of choice. I, I think when it comes to being traumatized, these are things that you did not choose. Obviously, right. I think there's so the definitely lack a of lack choice, of choice. Overpowerment yeah. and uh, yeah. being overwhelmed and forced. Definitely a lack of choice. Immobility yeah. or, you know, yeah. a natural disaster over which you have zero control over. Kind of, yeah. 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 So I, I think that the way, and it sounds like we agree, the way that we treat this, ultimately we, we treat the presenting problems right. that are coming in. The, but the way that we treat this is going to look different no matter what people come in with. We agree there, but I personally, I think for both of us, it doesn't really matter. Categorizing this or labeling it isn't super helpful. 
to me, it's more important to know the state that they're in and mm-hmm. maybe how stuck they are in that state, you know? Mm-hmm. And then do they have a history of healthy attachment and self-regulation? Like, is there a resource there that we can pull from or not? I think that's very important. Can they tolerate being in the room and being still and building trust with me? Can we build rapport? Like all those things are probably more important than labeling. Oh, that's a little C trauma. You know what I mean? So I think we agree. I think so. I'm going to look at it as changing your mind. (laughs) You can look at it any way you want. (laughs) (laughs) You can look at it any way you want. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you absolutely must have even more Polyvagal podcast content, you can get it on justinlmft.com slash members for only five bucks a month. There's a lot more segments and mini episodes just like this one. Bye.